today on Ag News Daily. So controlled environment agriculture is the umbrella term of indoor farming, vertical farming, and some forms also of urban farming. A common example would be greenhouses, for instance, rehabilitated warehouses where essentially you create a vertical farm. Listeners, happy Friday. It's a beautiful day here in central Iowa as we record. This is Tanner Winterhoff, joined today again by Cassidy Zirkel, getting a lot of miles underneath your belt here as a co-host of the podcast. Absolutely, Tanner. I'm happy to do it. Yeah. So what does your weekend look like? Are you going to be hot and dry or not so much? Well, Tanner, to be honest, with my sickness over the past three days, I have not been outside. But I hear from my husband <laughs> that it's been very hot, and I assume it will continue. Yeah, it looks like we do have some temps headed this way, possibly going to break on Sunday with a chance of rain. We'll hopefully see that come into play. The first thing I wanted to hit on, speaking of weather, is the Iowa drought monitor. Abnormally dry or drought conditions now cover more than half the state of Iowa. So as we get ready for this yield tour that we talked about yesterday that DTN will put together, Iowa might be seeing a little bit of less than average. The map shows 56% of the state is rated as abnormally dry, which now includes Polk and Jasper and Story counties, which is right here where I sit to record this episode today. Areas of the northwest and southeastern part of the state are so dry they're dealing with drought level conditions. So not good news for one of the main states here as part of the Corn Belt. But looking forward, DTN is continuing to report, you know, said that this last week, part of the country got a break from the high heat, but more levels pushed straight across. Not everybody thought that that happened, especially you, especially your family down in Texas and your area where it has remained hot throughout the entire country. However, much of the eastern side of the Rockies saw near or below normal temperatures for this time of the year. The southern end of the country's growing regions also saw more rain than they likely have seen most of the entire summer. Areas of flooding, like we had reported, uh, Illinois, Kentucky, St. Louis, uh, certainly getting more rain than they had ever expected. So rain will be harder to come by, DTN is predicting in the future for the Northern Plains as the systems have set up, especially east of the Mississippi River. So not good news, again, Delaney, for some areas of key corn production and soybean soybean production because they are predicting forecasts of hot and dry for August. And we know that that's not great for grain fill. Well, to add on to your not-so-great weather news, Tanner, I have some, and sadly, probably going to continue to be a story for us about fires in south-central Texas. The Big Sky Fire near Fredericksburg, Texas, which is very close to my husband and I's family in the Hill Country, has covered 1,400-plus acres, and people are beginning to be evacuated It's not known yet what percentage of this fire is controlled, but it is getting out of hand very fast. That is not good news. I feel like it seems every two weeks we pick up a new fire to report on. Uh, Of course, when we talk about the hot and dry conditions that we have had, uh, things are not good. There was a pretty large thunderhead move through a portion of the Dakotas we saw via Twitter that 
all it takes is a lightning strike to spark up. Can't even be an act of nature that starts these fires. So yes, unfortunate news there. Good news to some, ag shipments in the first half of 2022 to China are up 15%. So the U.S. shipped $17.5 billion worth of agricultural goods to China from January to June, representing that 15% increase from the same time frame last year. That once again makes Asia the country the biggest buyer of U.S. agricultural products. Soybean exports to China in the first half of the year totaled $5.13 billion. Corn shipments were $3.08 billion. Cotton cargoes totaled $1.95, and sorghum followed at $1.61. China also purchased a lot of U.S. meat. Beef exports reported at $1.07. Poultry meat and products, excluding eggs, were at 582 million and pork shipments were down for a total of 579 million. Forest products and lumber continued to round that out with dairy and seafood following. So overall, U.S. shipped 71.6 billion dollars worth of goods to China from January to June, and 17.5 of that was agricultural products. So uh, pretty good, but still leaving us in a trade deficit. With Asia, as we imported 271.7 billion. So, a uh, pretty big gap there, but good news seeing ag exports up. Absolutely. Thank you for that rundown, Tanner. That is good news. And I'll tell you who else has some good news today is beef producers. Zoetis has received FDA approval for their beef implant products, which are already being widely used, but have now been approved for re-implantation. This includes the Synovex Choice and the Synovex Plus and the Synovex One feedlot implants, and that now can be used as re-implants, which will help feedlots and cattle producers with their cattle that are struggling to grow during this drought. That is good news. The last piece I have today, Cassidy, is a little bit comical. Uh, This comes actually from Progressive Farmers Senior Editor Victoria Meyer. She's reporting on a hot case that just wrapped up in New York State. Police there arrested the president and founder of Ashes Farm Sanctuary. Tracy Murphy is arrested for grand larceny after cattle belonging to an area cattle producer wound up on her property. The owner of the cows, Scott Gregson, told state police that he did not know that two of his cows ended up on the sanctuary property, stated he had electric fence in place that was undamaged and there was no signs of break-in, yet there they were. Two cows, easily identified, wound up at this no-kill animal sanctuary. Things got sideways when police questioned Murphy about how the cattle were purchased, uh, Gregson wanted, obviously, the cattle producer wanted his cattle back. So when he did that, the individual at the sanctuary said they were under protective custody. She proceeded to, once the cattle were given back, proceeded to give the owner a bill. Each animal was there for only 10 days. That was $100 per day on this bill. Plus, she claimed that there was property damage caused at $54 per head each with other miscellaneous charges reaching a bill of $2,000. It uh, looks like the farmer will not have to pay that as state police are working with him to return the animals and the arrest was made under grand larceny. So Niagara County, New York, 
So a little bit of excitement uh, looks like as far as this goes. But just so you know, Cassidy, if you go to steal cattle, that is a class D felony. So don't do it. And then also uh, pretty audacious to send a bill for safekeeping while they were stolen. <laughs> That's for sure. Definitely doesn't sound like the cattle rustlers we see in the movies. Not near as exciting as I would think. My last piece of news before you jump into markets, Tanner, is for people living in Hawaii, for those that are hoping to pursue a career in agriculture that are residents of Hawaii, the University of Hawaii has announced a special program that offers their native Hawaiian students a free tuition if they are interested in a career in agriculture. These students can also get loans for their textbooks and a 40-hour paid internship and professional development while in school there. Pretty exciting. I kind of wish I would have lived in Hawaii when I went to school with this deal. I think there's a lot of people that just wish they'd live in Hawaii, period. Uh, It's always (laughs) still on my bucket list to go visit. Uh, I can't wait until I can check that one off as well. Just a reminder, that first convoy of ships that sailed out of the port of Odessa carrying Ukrainian grain uh, did seem to get to its final destination. There are three more bulk carriers that left this morning carrying 60,000 tons of corns. Uh, Looking at what they have going on, it looks like markets are following a little bit of that. Beans might be finding some support based upon weather concerns that we had reported and don't forget that the August WASD is going to be ahead of us. It doesn't typically affect the market, but overnight, as we record here, it looks like corn is opening up down down a penny four uh, across the board with December corn at 6.05. Soybeans are down four to 10. It looks like the November contract is down nine and an eighth to 14.08. Wheat is pretty flat here at the open. Uh, along the same lines uh, as we look at hard winter the markets moving over to livestock for today it looks like we are red and both sides of the cattle life cattle down just 20 cents feeder cattle contracts down a quarter pretty much from front to back and lean hogs is the only green we see on this friday episode uh posting uh, penny 75 for October contract coming in at 97.60 and December a penny two coming in at 88.62. So not a great start. Hopefully we get a rally back here during the day. But Cassidy, I think it's time to, it seems like we're going to jump around the world with our conversation today, Friday wise to get some global news actually from iGlobal News, correct? iGrow News, yes. And I am excited for this conversation. <laughs> I appreciate the uh, the little pickup there. But yes, let's jump right into that for this Friday episode. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm excited to introduce you all to Saper Achard of iGrow News, CEO. He's here to talk a little bit about his company and how he got to that position. Thank you so much for joining us, Seth. Thank you. Thank you very much for inviting me in your show. Uh, I'm Seber Hachar. I'm the CEO of AgroNews. So my journey into agriculture essentially has begun on my last year at uni whilst I was studying uh, manage- management. 
so nothing to do with agriculture. Uh, but I just decided on uh, my last year's dissertation to work on the state of agriculture and talk about the supply chain issues, the, um, the problems uh, regarding all the climate change, uh, the effects of climate change on the production and so on. And so little by little, I gained interest into agriculture and specifically new technologies in agriculture. And this is where I've entered into contact with the founder of Agro News, Herbert Kligerman. And we started our journey uh, in Agro News about a year ago. Well, exactly a year ago, because I started in August 2021 uh, in Agro News. And since then, well... To give you a little idea about what we do at Agro News, we share news, analysis, we collect data, analyze data, write reports on uh, controlled environment agriculture and all the technologies that are involved in CEA, CEA, which is the abbreviation of controlled environment agriculture. And yeah, we talk about the new technologies involved. We talk about all the corporate news, whether it's new funding rounds, partnerships between companies, expansions, IPOs. Uh, so we cover a broad range of topics relating to, uh, to CEA. So our listeners have got to be as curious as I am. So you have a little bit of an accent and you mentioned that you had attended Muni. So what's uh, mm-hmm. what's your background? Where where are you from and where did you go to school at? Well, I'm French. Well, I'm French, but I haven't really lived in France. I lived most of my life in the Middle East. And then at uni, I was in the UK. Very cool so, and very diverse background. <clears throat> Absolutely. Yeah. So is that how you got connected to the founder? Is this a United States or an American-based? news source or is it worldwide well now it's more worldwide at the time it was well mainly north american i wouldn't say just the united states but mainly north american uh agro news was based in new york and since then it did expanded in europe middle east asia so right now it's more of a worldwide website yeah so as y'all have grown worldwide from just being North American, have y'all grown in topics that you cover? And what are some of the biggest steps y'all have taken just in the year that you've joined iGrow? Essentially, it was to bring a little more analysis and critical uh, analysis in uh, in the news and the information we provided. Before, though we were providing information and knowledge to people, we wouldn't go through all the data that we now do. Uh, we wouldn't collect all the information and the data also that we collect uh, ourselves with also the many partnerships that we now have with various companies around the world. It helped us to grow and expansionally grow uh, in other countries as well. Yeah, that's a bit in a nutshell how we've grown internationally. So when you talked about CA or controlled agriculture earlier on, what are some good examples of what that would be for our listeners to understand what that actually means? So controlled environment agriculture is the umbrella term of indoor farming, vertical farming, 
and some forms also of urban farming. A common example would be greenhouses, for instance, rehabilitated warehouses where essentially you create a vertical farm and stacked produce on different levels. Uh, there are a few examples in the United States, and there are many states right now that are pushing towards adopting uh, and um, including these facilities within their states, within their towns as well. Very cool. And I think there has been a big push for that type of farming from consumers as we struggle with climate change. And you said that you'll also report on climate change and climate factors as well, correct? Well, we talk about it uh, because obviously it's something that affects or has an impact on uh, on CEA or vertical farms and indoor farms. And mm-hmm. uh, we also talk about it because it is a very important topic. We talk also about the renewable energies that are used because obviously the current state of food supply, I mean, there are many reports that have been done in the past uh, from independent uh, government agencies or independent non-governmental agencies, banks, consultancy firms that have written reports and stated that the food, the current food supply that we have is non-sustainable and needs to be adapted to the current challenges facing um, that we are facing with climate change, with also all this new tension that we have between the war between Russia and Ukraine, for instance, uh, the global supply chain disruptions as well. So as you get to be in the trenches every day reporting on this and observing, what is something that has really gotten you excited? What's one of the latest releases or maybe technologies that is really exciting for the industry? Uh, For me, it's the push towards using um, uh, renewable energies. Uh, The reason behind that is that Greenhouses and other forms of indoor farms have been uh, have been in place for a couple of years now. Uh, a lot of them have been relying on fossil fuel and non-renewable energies. And we're seeing an increasing push of companies either researching and uh, decreasing their energy consumption by using a set of equipments. Uh, whether it's an HVAC system, whether it's the lighting, the LEDs that they use, or including uh, in their facilities uh, solar panels and other forms of energy, such as researches on hydrogen energy, the use of geothermal energy. And all this research and these developments are really exciting for this industry because we could get to a point, not necessarily in the future, like in 20 or 30 years, but in the next five, 10 years, we could get to a point where in certain countries, in certain environments, we could produce uh, without emitting, uh, without emitting any carbon emissions, uh, which is an important thing. And it will be an important uh, achievement for the entire agriculture industry, not just CEA, but the entire food system. Well, Seth, we're really thankful for having you on today and to explaining all that y'all do at Agro News. And if any of our listeners want to get involved with your company, read up on the articles y'all produce or anything like that, where can they find y'all? 
Well, uh, on our website, ourgrownews.com, uh, we're present also on other social media like Instagram, TikTok, uh, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn as well, uh, with the same name. So they can find us there as well. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much. Well, Tanner, that was an exciting conversation with Sepp. Always excited to get some new perspective on the world of agriculture and a little bit of a different view. Well, it is. And like you said, it's uh, controlled ag, the CA. That's interesting just to see where things are heading. And I appreciated the comment that he had that uh, it may not just be technology for greenhouses or controlled environments, but technology that could benefit ag as a whole. Absolutely. And I'm excited to see where they go and we'll have to keep up with iGrow News. Listeners, be sure to check them out. And as you're going to check them out, be sure to leave us a review and rating on wherever you consume podcasts and follow us on social media. You're right. But for the end of our Friday episode, enjoy your weekend. And what do you say, Castice? We'll let the listeners go. Let's let them go.